Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to an exclusive episode of Mind Love. Today's episode is all about dealing with massive change. Allow this time to be a real powerful phase for you and know that big decisions are being made. We are, as a society, I believe, redesigning systems. You know, a lot of the systems that have broken, broke because they were broken. Like they already had a lot of holes and COVID just, just exposed the holes and has given us an opportunity to say, how can we build this back better? How can we design something that is going to be better? And how can we look at other ways of doing things? Because there's more than one way. There's more than one way. If there's one thing that we've all been thrown into collectively this past year, it's massive change. Even if you're somehow one of the lucky ones whose business didn't change much or who already homeschooled, the world around you has changed quite a bit. And we really don't know when or where these changes will stop or ease up or become even more intense. Like, you know, just keep changing. So I'm curious, how do you feel about change? Do you handle it well? Do you usually avoid it? Are you optimistic when something happens outside of your will? I consider myself an in-betweener. I need change. I need to switch up my work environment to stay motivated. I need to set new goals. I need new ways of working. I need to travel and get out of town. I work way better as an entrepreneur or with a startup because I can make big changes quickly without having to go up a whole hierarchy. My old boss used to call me the chief of efficiency because my first thought with any of our processes was, there's gotta be a better way. Yeah, I blame too many infomercials as a child. But when I'm not the one dictating the changes, I have noticed that I resist. I've also noticed that the older I get, the more I resist. Well, it turns out that's pretty common. There are psychological reasons why many of us seem to hate change. It's not just that people fear change, though they also do that. It's that they genuinely believe, usually on some subconscious level, that when you've been doing something a certain way for a long time, it must be a good way to do things. And the longer you've been doing it that way, the better it is. So change isn't just about embracing the unknown. It's about giving up something old and therefore good for something new and therefore not good. There was a study done about 10 years ago that shows that people have a very reliable and tangible preference for things that have been around longer. So in one study, students preferred the course requirement they were told was the status quo over the new version, regardless of whether the new version meant more or less coursework. And then they liked it even more when it had been around for 100 years rather than only 10 years. This one's so opposite for me. This is an instance where I'm like... I want the new updated version because I feel like we have more information now, but whatever, to each of their own. In another study, people who were told that acupuncture had been around for 2,000 years expressed more favorable attitudes towards it than those who were told it existed for 250 years. Interesting, right? 
So with all the change happening in the world, not only do most of us have fear and resistance, but we also have all of these beliefs that things are going to get worse. I feel that. If I'm not the one that's dictating it, who is? And my biggest thing about change is trusting the person or people facilitating it. I feel like it's getting harder and harder to figure out who's acting out of altruism or their own self-interest. Who's profiting off of these changes? Is there another agenda? Who or what is really making the decisions that seem to not make sense behind the scenes? Well, what I've realized over the months is that regardless of how much I mull over all of my fears, I still can only change the things that I can change. And when I focus on what's right in front of me in this very moment, I feel more empowered to deal with whatever this crazy planet throws at me. And I do want to clarify something that I've gotten a lot of questions about when I post about it on Instagram. This idea of acceptance doesn't mean that I don't advocate, but it means that I start with myself first. I make sure that when I'm acting to inspire or influence, I need to do so from my higher frequency. Otherwise, all I do is spread more fear or hopelessness, which is literally creating more of that in the world, and that's not what I'm trying to see. So today we're talking about how to deal with massive change, from pivoting your business to homeschooling to dealing with loss and tragedy, and how to do so in a way that you're actually thriving instead of barely surviving. And now let's welcome Jenny Fenig to the show. Thank you, Melissa. Thrilled to be here. So to start out, what's a little bit of your story? How did you find your calling? Oh my goodness. Well... Where do we begin? Let's see. I love this question. It's it's just fun to go back in time and kind of retrace some of those steps. Well, you know, I have always been into, I was into school. Like I was just super into school. My friends joked, like I was the person who didn't want to miss a day of school. Like that was me. Cause I just loved, I love the process of learning and, uh, you know, using my gifts and finding out what I'm great at and then just going for it. And I really liked also solving problems and working with people. And so then I became the person who wanted to figure out what was the thing I was going to do for work. Like I really wanted to love what I did because, you know, I grew up with a mom who she didn't really love what she did. And I remember just feeling like I want to shift that. And I also wanted to be able to make my own money. I didn't want to depend on someone else to financially take care of me. You know, if, if I ended up in a partnership and, and we both, you know, were, were in that because we really wanted to be there, I wanted it to feel like we were both contributing, but that I never wanted that feeling of like someone else is ultimately financially responsible for me. I also think that's related to the fact that my parents divorced when I was younger. And so I kind of saw, you know, that's, that's a tricky thing. <laughs> so I was looking at ways I could love what I did and also be able to take care of myself financially. And I discovered the field of public relations when I was in college. And once I found that, because I didn't know that that was even a thing when I was in high school, like I never heard of that. I was in school, I graduated high school in 1995. So that gives you a sense of where we were um, in that kind of time and what was talked about in terms of careers. So as soon as I found PR, I thought, oh my gosh, like, this is it. These are my people. This is what I'm meant for. And I decided to pursue a career in public relations, moving from Florida, where I grew up, to New York City. And it was in New York City that I was able to get a really powerful job um, at a public relations agency and work on incredible clients 
and big brands and big projects. And soon into that career, I mean, I stayed for a few years, but it was pretty soon into when I realized this looks awesome on paper, but this ain't it. <laughs> this, this, this ain't it. Uh-oh, what is? And I was there during 9-11 as well, which, you know, was an op- I mean, it was horrible, but it was also an opportunity where you really reflected, this were it for me. Am I doing the work that I feel like this is what I'm here for? Like, this is really the best use of my gifts and talents. And that answer was no. And so I tried to kind of make some shifts within my agency. I moved to a different division, working on what I thought might be accounts that would feel more gratifying, you know, and more fulfilling. And no, <laughs> that's not what happened. So then I changed uh, careers again, and I, I moved into this crazy, awesome place that I didn't even know existed, which was conference production. And my job was to put on multi-day events uh, for business people, and I was in the marketing and business strategy division. And it was, it was amazing. Like I, again, I didn't even know it was a thing. I thought I would be doing public relations, you know, for my whole career, but here I was working in, you know, what was interesting, kind of the connector there was I was working in brands. You know, I was, I was contacting companies and speaking with leaders there about their biggest challenges and then talking about uh, how we could put that together in a multi-day event that was really, the intent was to help people who are in that industry or in that, that that was their job. Like they were either heads of brand design or they were heads of marketing or heads of customer management or customer service. You know, I had kind of various events that I would work on that would help them do their job better, you know, and help them make a bigger impact in their company. And so uh, that's what I did. And I found that I was really good at it. It was a super stressful environment. And after several years of putting on these events, you know, being responsible for the design of the agenda, recruiting the speakers, having some money to book keynote speakers, like big names that, that you would know, I realized I had learned everything I was meant to learn. And it was that weird feeling, if you've had that or any of people who are tuning in have had that feeling of, I'm not able to stay here anymore. I mean, I could, but that's not the best approach here. And then trying to figure out what was, you know, when you're in that place of, I'm not just going to go work for another company doing the same thing. I have to find the new thing. I have to figure out what that new thing is. And it was a terrifying feeling because that job was the first one where I ever really made real good money like really good money because I got a cut of the profits and uh, it was incredible. It was incredible because you don't go into PR because you want to make a lot of money. Like that was, mm-hmm. not, yeah, And so that was just kind of this happy accident that occurred in that other gig that I didn't even know existed until I found it was, oh, wow, this is what it feels like to get big checks because you get a cut of profits. Oh, okay. And you can make some pretty interesting moves, you know, in your personal life with whatever decisions you chose to make. And I did, I made some great ones. I had a great apartment, you know, we were traveling the world. It was awesome. But because of the way I started living my life and really tuning into my inner voice and um, exploring my love of yoga and like really committing to that practice, I realized that you can't run away from the truth forever. And so there comes a point where you say, okay, I'm going to keep lying to myself or I'm going to just walk through this door. And I'm not sure what room I'm going into, but I'm going to walk through the door. And that's what I did. I ended up quitting my job while I was going through a yoga teacher training program. And I didn't have another job lined up. I went from six figures to zero figures overnight. I didn't know I'm going to start a business now, or I'm going to be a coach, or I'm going to, you know, have these programs. You know, this was in 2007. So the 
social media was in its infancy. I wasn't even on Facebook yet. <laughs> that gives you a sense. Uh, and so I didn't know, oh, there's this whole you know, coaching world out there I can get into. I didn't even know. I just was willing to jump off the ledge and give myself some space in my brain and on my schedule to just figure out what was going to be the best use of my time and talents. And because of that decision, I eventually stumbled upon the field of coaching. And I said, oh my goodness, like this is, this is a thing. This is what I've always done. Great. I can be a good one of these, you know, coaches. I can learn how to do this and I can, uh, you know, start a business. And that's what I did. I signed up for a coach training, dove in, started my business while I was growing it. I was doing freelance conference production on the side to really bring in regular money. And I think it's important to talk about that. Doing something that I knew how to do. I wasn't passionate about it, but I knew how to do it. And it would bring in some of that regular revenue so that I could focus on, you know, learning to be an incredible coach and then what I needed to know to build a business as a coach. And that was that, you know, that was way back, you know, more than 10 years ago that this all happened for me. And it's been an incredible ride. I'm able to work from home. I moved from New York City to the Berkshires of Western Massachusetts more than 10 years ago. I started having kids. And, you know, with every move I've made, it's really been about trusting that small, still voice within, you know, trusting that nudge, taking the next right step, asking myself, how can I be of service? How can I do something that I I love to do and I feel comes pretty naturally to me? And then from there, just continuing on. It's like doubling down on what works and then really providing something that I wished I would have had you know, when I was coming up. And that's a lot of what my business is. It's it's a lot of teaching. It's a lot of training. Obviously, it's rooted in coaching, but it's it's helping my community of women coaches, consultants, transformational teachers, wellness professionals really create a business that is an extension of their natural gifts and talents. And to know how to do that, you know, with the technology and putting together programs and having a strong message and being an incredible communicator and a speaker... And I do it all from home. Uh, we homeschool our kids too, which is an important detail. And we were doing this pre-COVID. Uh, and, you know, my husband and I very much work as a team. And it's just been, I'm just so grateful for it. And I know that many people are in flux this year, especially because of COVID and everything else that's going on. And I can honestly say, if you're willing to just trust the, a lot of the changes that are happening, I know that they're not easy when they're happening or if they get kind of pushed onto you, if you're perhaps let go of a job or whatever, because that's happening a lot this year, especially that there is such a magic in the reinvention. Right. And that's what kind of struck me about your story is you used the whole tragedy of 9-11. And that was what made you come to these realizations that like, is this what I'm supposed to be doing? And it is so hard, though, when there is a tragedy, especially one. It, there's It's one thing if it's a tragedy that just happens to you, it's one and done. But when there's a tragedy happening in the world or all these changes happening in the world and you don't really know what's going to happen. It's like, our business is going to open back up. Like, is this really the new normal? Like, what's going to happen? Is there an agenda behind this? It's so difficult to want to make a decision because you're like, what's going to change after this, you know? And so mm -hmm. how do you use something like that and get around some of those mindset blocks of, of, let me wait and see what happens after this. Because I know a lot of people were doing that at the beginning of COVID, thinking it would be a few months. And now we're like, right. well, when is the end of this? <laughs> right, right. And I don't think anyone can can say that with certainty. Well, it's going to end in February 2021. Like, it's just so, and that's what's hard, especially for us planners. 
I'm raising my hand, you know, like I like to plan things. I, I, you know, I like to do in-person events and gatherings and uh, I cannot plan one of those with, with confidence right now because so many of these things are out of our control. So, well, first of it's just to admit (laughs) this is out of our control. Um, All we can do is, is control how we show up, you know, and, uh, a big piece of the work and something I repeat to myself a lot and I share this, peace begins with me. Peace begins with me. Peace begins with you. Peace begins with everyone tuning in right now. And I think our work is to really tune in and get intimate with who you really are. Like what is your true nature? Is what you've been doing, you know, from a work perspective or how you've been living or maybe where you've been living or the relationships that you're in, is that true? Is that really what you want to be doing with your time? And I know that's not an easy question to ask or answer, but when you really get intimate with this dialogue, you'll be able to live, I think, with less friction and with more honesty and flow. And that's really the magic. I mean, my deep knowing and appreciation is around this gift of time. And yes, we're living in just a wild time right now. And uh, hard things have happened and, and loss and everyone who's in it right now, I, I'm just bowing down to you and witnessing this, this collective experience. And I know very deeply that the great gift that we have is being here right now. Like we are here right now. We have this gift of time. And, um, you know, I mentioned this story of me where I was in 9-11 working in New York and just having that be having a big impact on my thinking and how I wanted to spend my time. But if you if you backtrack even a bit um, earlier out from that in the year of 1994, I experienced a huge loss. And that is a is a massive driver for me. That's when my younger sister died of cancer. She was my only sibling. And I was 16 at that time. And so I had this, you know, incredible and heartbreaking experience of losing someone very close to me. And having that that message of time is the great gift. It is the great gift. And so, you know, we're here right now. You're listening to this podcast. You're alive and you have time. You have time. And what do you want to do with that time? So my whole thing now is this idea of use your time wisely. Use your time wisely. This year has been really interesting because I have been blessed with the opportunity to speak more than I've ever spoken before. and get paid for it. As I mentioned, I was a conference producer all those years. So I had speakers on my stage. I was speaking to kick off the conferences. I've spoken my whole career. I'm comfortable doing it and I enjoy it. Um, But this year it's been really interesting because this opportunity because of COVID came into my life where a contact I have owns a business and they have been doing a lot of person wellness fairs for their clients. They have clients all over the U.S. And because of COVID, they had to stop doing these in-person fairs. Like they couldn't go into companies and, you know, offer up these services. So they shifted to online. And because we know each other and she knows that I started homeschooling my son years and years ago, which uh, was something I didn't want to tell people at first because I thought, who's going to take me seriously as a businesswoman if they know I'm homeschooling? Like that, I don't even know how I'm doing this yet. So I don't want to tell people I'm doing it. So I'm just going to keep that on the down low. Well, eventually start 
you know, being public about and everything else. And this particular woman who owns this company knows because our sons used to be in the same class. And then my son goes, I'm not going to school anymore. I'm going to be homeschooled. And so when this happened and this big shift happened for all of us here because of COVID, she reaches out and says, we're going to start having these online wellness fairs and we need this topic, homeschooling and work balance. Like our clients, their employees are, you know, this is the situation right now. They don't know how to do this and you do. So will you come and talk about it? And so, you know, that's been this incredible opportunity this year where I have so many of these things booked. I get to talk about the thing that I love. And that that's just a message I want, you know, your audience to take in that, you know, often we get these curveballs in our life and we're going, why did this happen to me? I can't believe this happened. You know, honestly, when that happened with my oldest son where he refused to go to school, like I learned that there is literally a term called school refusal. For kids who refuse to go to, it is. I'm like, what is this? It's like school refusal. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's what my son has. It was scary because I tried to get him to not refuse. You know what I mean? And if you've ever tried to get a child to do something that they're adamantly opposed to, you'll realize, oh, that's not going to work. So I had to really surrender to that. And I remember just going through like weeks and weeks of just going, why, why is this happening? I can't believe this is happening. Like I was making real traction in my business. I'm like, that's it. It's just, it's, I'm just going to have to stop everything. I mean, I don't know how I'm going to do this. And I felt really scared and sad and everything else. And then I just, you know, surrendered into it and everything else. And it's been an incredible ride. And we homeschool all three now and they all want it. And now I get paid to talk about that to companies. I mean, it's just one of those, I have to just laugh at the, you know, humor of life sometimes and how you can't see it in the moment. You see it when you look back and how it's all set up. So that's what I'll just, you know, offer up to everybody that I know you're going through something right now or someone in your life is on paper makes no sense. And you're going, this is just really bad. And if you can just, you know, feel your feelings for sure, get support around it, but just trust that it's working out for your highest and best good. And there's something in this that's just preparing you to really be of high service and, um, It'll be interesting as it continues to play out. Yeah, so many of my big life changes have happened because I've been willing to be flexible and kind of just listen to what I'm being called to do. But there's a balance also because now it's like the more recognizable I am or like the the more I build my business, the more offers that I get for things or the more yes. opportunities that come my way. And so there's this balance between being open and being like, well, this is where I'm being called and also learning to say no to the things that, you know, aren't going to be for our highest purpose or the things that aren't that hell yes. So how do you differentiate between that? Because I will say that even some of the things that end up being a hell yes, the my first instinct is kind of a, oh, I don't know if I can handle that right now. And then I have to like work through it. You know what I mean? Totally. Totally. Such a good question. And yeah, I still go through that. And that, you know, that story I'm telling you about this speaking, this whole new path that's opened up for me and just a whole new revenue stream. Um, At first I'm going, I don't really know if I want to take this on. Like it just felt, it felt very nebulous. It felt like a lot of work and I didn't see the payout at first. And you know, and it, when you're a business person as well, you're going, well, hold on. Cause you know what you can do, you know, when you're kind of running your own programs or what have you like, okay, well, here, put energy in here. Here's the output, you know, here's what I can expect, you know, a range. And then you're looking at this going, well, what's that? You know, that just feels like, "Mm, I don't know. And so, you know, using that as an example, I I wasn't so sure, but there was that small, still voice within was saying, check it out. 
you know, just pursue it. And it's often the ego that we need to really look at because my ego is going, I don't know. I mean, is that going to be like enough for you? Is that going to be really worth your time? Because your time is super valuable, Jenny. But there was that small still voice within that said, try it, you know, just play with it. Give it a a period of time, you know, and if after this period of time you're going, nah, nah, this is, it's been interesting. Thank you. But not for me, then you can always change tact. But it was that pursuing something that I felt connected to and also, and so I think you've got to like really decipher between where you're getting the messages from. And sometimes, you know, you could have a colleague who would say, oh, why would you do that? You know, I wouldn't do that, but they're not you. And there's something larger at play. And I think you also want to tune into, you know, how does this feel from a service perspective? And so, you know, again, using that example, I knew that there were so many families and parents who were reeling, like reeling. They got a curveball thrown at them, the same one that I got thrown at me all those years ago. And they're going, oh my goodness, you want me to what? You want me to work and and homeschool or have my kids at home and do this distance learning out? Like, are you kidding? And I felt not like I was responsible for helping all these people because I think we have to keep all that in check too or we become like overly responsible and like this, you know, unhealthy codependency thing (laughs) happens. Mm -hmm. But it was more, I'm really committed to illuminating the power of certain paths that might feel non-traditional, all right? And I've always been like that. I've been this rebellious person that doesn't look like that on the surface, but I really am because I I just am. I know that there's so much magic in non-traditional ways, and I felt like this is an opportunity for me to get this message out there And I wanted to play with that. And it was also a neat thing. And so I think you have to tune into as well. Like sometimes we kind of feel like we move away from our roots because you're like, I'm out of here. You know, and I know for me, when I left corporate, I'm like, see ya. You know, once I discovered entrepreneurship, I'm like, I'm over here now doing what I want to, waking up when I feel like waking up and, you know, not having your rules. And uh, that was great. And I still love being a business owner. But it was this neat opportunity, using that as an example, to reconnect with those roots. Like I have corporate roots and I have, you know, a big place in my heart for, you know, all the people out there who work at these big companies who really provide value, you know, in our world. And not everyone's cut out to be an entrepreneur. One thing that I am having the same kinds of issues with, I'm actually 26 weeks pregnant and I'm Ah. sitting here deciding what I'm going to do about homeschooling, because honestly, the more I become intentional with my life, the less I want to put my education in the hands of other people, especially I research a lot of things and I'm not super happy with the public education that people Mm -hmm. receive. I I feel like it's outdated. I feel like sometimes, I don't know, they teach things that I wouldn't want to teach. And, And so this idea where I'm juggling in my head, I'm like, am I going to have to give up some of my dreams? How am I going to handle this? And I know so many people are going through that same thing because like you said, they've been forced to homeschool. Mm -hmm. So how are you juggling that? And what was that transition like for you? And anything you can share, I'm sure is helpful. Yeah. Is this your first child? Yes. So I'm excited and terrified. (laughs) Oh, sure. All the things, all the normal things. Okay, good. Well, I have three kids right now. They're in sixth, fourth, and first grade, which is just mind-blowing to know where we're here. My oldest son is going to be 
12 in January, which he reminds me about every day. He's like, mom, it's almost my birthday. Because like, <laughs> he's got, let me tell you, that boy, he knows how to negotiate. <laughs> he's, I know exactly what he wants. And, you know, that's the same one. He was like, yeah, the only thing that I'm going to be available for is homeschooling. Like he was just like, yep, yep. None of these other schools are going to work for me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, homeschooling, I was like, who homeschools? Oh, actually, I had a cousin who homeschooled, but I'm like, but I'm not her. And how does one homeschool? But I can honestly say that homeschooling is the thing that I always wanted that I never knew that I wanted. All right. So there's that. And, you know, how I figured it out was just what well, I was forced to. And so there's, there's a thing where you are forced into something. Okay. You can either just bury your head in the sand. You can say, okay, we're going to figure this out. And so I reached out to people who knew some stuff like that cousin of mine. And I had a friend from college and I had a local woman in my community whose son was in my other son's class who, who was the one who tell him that there was a, such a thing called homeschooling because he was going to be homeschooled in second grade. So I just reached out to those people for insights. I got my hands on books. And the more that I read, the more that I was going, I'm really happy that we're here because I like this idea. You know, as an entrepreneur, we do very much just create our own schedules and focus in on things that we're very passionate about. We can get very clear on the problems that we're uniquely designed to solve and give ourselves space to do it. And I love that homeschooling allows us to be very intentional about what the kids are learning. We basically get to design their schedules. And so, you know, we don't do it all ourselves. Definitely not. Some people do and you can, but we hire tutors and they're part of different classes through, you know, various platforms that are out there. And there's so many more resources now because, well, the, the pool got a lot bigger, right? Like so many more people are in this world and they're seeing, oh, this is actually good. <laughs> this is not just some weird total fringe thing. And there's nothing wrong with weird anyway, but that was what a lot of people thought. Okay. So you get to design it any which way you choose. And for me with my business, you know, my husband and, and I up to this point have very much kind of split our time. Like I will do a part of my day with the kids and vice versa, because uh, we were both engaged in work. Right now, I mentioned, you know, a lot of people layoffs. He was he was a casualty of a recent layoff. He worked for ESPN for a long time, sports television, as well as kind of all the entertainment industry right now is taking a massive hit. So um, at this stage, he's in the midst of, you know, kind of planning his next moves. And so he's taking a little bit more on on the home front because my work is like blowing up right now in a good way. Um, but we're very much just in communication about what needs to happen. I have certain subjects that I really focus on with the kids and the same is true for him. And then we, you know, we hire in subject matter experts to really help us. And so that's the deal. It's like you're building a business, just build the educational journey for your kids and talk to them about what they're interested in as well. Um, we kind of create this schedule like we created when we were in college, you know, if you went to college or, you know, y'all tuning in did or knew some people who did, that's what I most loved about college. Like for me, when I got there, I go, this is the best. Like I can decide when I want to start classes on any given day. Like I'm not an eight o'clock kind of person. So yeah. Okay. Let's start at 1040. <laughs> let's start at whatever. Let's just organize my time. And I really, I think that was the first time I started playing with a lot of the concepts that I teach in my business, you know, time blocking and task batching where you could say, I'm going to have my classes kind of back to back on these days and these times. And then I'll have open space to go study or, you know, go work out or 
do something fun. And that's really what we do with the kids. We want them to really understand how to focus in on stuff, how to have free space. We want them to think learning is fun because it is. And I really embody this whole idea that we're not going to complain about work. We're not going to be like, oh, I have, I have to do this. To me, work is a privilege. I get to do this. This is incredible. I get paid to do things that I love. And I want my kids to figure that out for themselves with my help, with my husband's help, with the teachers that we have in their lives guiding them on, uh, because that's how they're going to really make an impact in the world and solve problems is they're going to figure out how to match up their skill set and their passions with problems that need to be solved. And then eventually they'll get paid for solving those problems. And so that's really our mindset. And uh, it's going well for us. You know, this is our fifth school year homeschooling at least one of the kids. And this is our first school year where we get to homeschool all three. You know, it just takes you redesigning your schedule a bit. You know, you're not going to have the full day necessarily unless, you know, you have someone who's, who's really there with the child the whole time. As they get older, they become more you know, self-sufficient and they can, you know, show up for the classes, etc. With my oldest son, the one who got us on this path to begin with, I do a lot of writing with him and reading, which I love. It's like my favorite part of this whole parenting thing and, and certainly homeschooling. I read aloud with all the kids, but at his level, he's reading pretty interesting books, like advanced material, uh, some of which I haven't read. Like right now, he's reading the Graveyard Book by Neil Gaiman. I've never read a Neil Gaiman book and I have not you know, read this book. It's so good. <laughs> and so, you know, and I'm a, I'm a wonderful communicator. That's one of my great skills. And so I'm helping him, like his teacher will assign him something like, okay, you need to write an essay on whatever. And he was actually working on an essay for the last book he read, which was um, A Wrinkle in Time. So good. And, you know, I'm helping him with the essay and his teacher will give him feedback. And some of which is a refresher for me because I haven't taken, you know, formal English since college. So I'm like, oh, wait, hold on. That's right. Like you're supposed to do this here. You know, when you're writing for social media or writing for your own email list, you can take some liberties that, you know, formal English, they don't. So it's just been fun. It's been fun to kind of explore that material together. And that's really what, you know, if you choose homeschooling or whatever it is, like everyone's kind of in homeschooling or distance learning or hybrid or maybe all in person, but you have to be very flexible right now because of COVID changing the game at any given time. See it as an opportunity to deepen the relationship with your child. Right. I love that idea of looking at the positives of it, which is hard to do when you're dealing with like massive change. I remember when I was really following that calling in myself where I was just like, I can't keep doing this. And I, I kept trying to connect my why to what I was doing in these sort of superficial ways. For example, I was working for a startup that helped people improve their credit scores. And I'm like, well, I had a whole credit score journey. Like I could, I could connect to this, but it mm -hmm. wasn't real. Like it wasn't the right. real thing. But I saw my CEO doing that. And what I realized is certain people, they can find their why in the idea of building a business. And it doesn't really mean need to be that thing. For me, I need to be really connected to what that business is doing. And mm -hmm. so I started my podcast on the side after a bunch of purpose-finding activities and really looking in myself. It wasn't like just this quick decision like other things in my past. And right. so I started on the side so that I could kind of get out of that fight or flight of like, how, where am I going to make money? I, I could still have an income coming in while starting this, which you had mentioned that you did as well. Mm -hmm. But there's in these other things as well, you mentioned how you were looking at the 
positives of of being a homeschool teacher, basically a homeschool mom and saying like, well, this is a refresher for me. I'm still learning. Like this is a way to bond with my child. And during that time, that interim before I left my company, mm-hmm. I remember having this freedom suddenly because it didn't feel like, oh my God, I'm stuck here. It was like, I'm using this so that I can leap to my next level. And suddenly I was able to see these opportunities in my business or in the business I was working for. And I was like, well, now I have all this money to test Facebook ads. And now I can see what what headlines work for a giant email list and like all these things that I knew were going to help me later. So shifting that focus was super important. But there's still that key thing of the fight or flight that happens. And when it's something like, a tragedy happening around you or something being forced upon you, it can be hard to kind of find those things to be grateful for or the positive sides of something because you're actually in fight or flight. Mm -hmm. Since you've gone through so many massive changing events, what is your, your tips for actually finding that place of calm or like the process between the fight or flight and the actual like gratitude and calm I'm asking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great question. Well, this is where we've got to really deepen into our body. Like feel like you are in your body. Often when we're anxious, when we're going like, oh my God, this crazy big thing is happening. We feel disconnected from our body, disconnected from our own truth. And we're just losing our head. Like one of my yoga teachers says, don't lose your head. Like, okay, that's, that's like a good reminder sometimes. Don't lose your head. We need our heads, okay? Uh, but we also need to live in our bodies. So I'm a big fan of simply getting out in nature, getting out in nature. Now I live where I live. I live in the woods. I'm looking out like every window of my office. I see trees. I see forests. I don't see any uh, any other dwellings when I look out these windows as I'm sitting in my desk chair. I'm just seeing trees. I'm seeing forests. And I'm seeing that we're in this season, you know, and some days are very windy. And some days are, you know, you feel kind of this tumultuous energy in the air, the winds of change. And I take cues from that. And I take a lot of solace and comfort in that as well. You know, nature is not just calm every day. And we're not always going to feel calm. We're going to feel what we feel, but when we can just know that there's a season for everything, that change is the constant, then when we're in it, we can just know this is what it is to be human, okay? And do the things that allow you to feel good, especially when you're in that big change. So get out in nature, just being in fresh air, like doesn't that just reset you? It's like when you turn your computer off and back on. (laughs) You feel that fresh air, like, okay. Okay, I'm alive. I feel fresh air on my skin. All right. And you just, your body recalibrates. I know a recalibration also happens when we move, when we get out, when we sweat, whether it be something you do in your home, whether it's something you do outside, we need to move. We need to make time for that. We're living, you know, for a lot of us sedentary lives, we're sitting at this this desk, we're looking at a screen. It's all unnatural. Okay. It's wonderful that we can do it. We can work from home, especially now when this is really the invitation for us, but we also need to get up and move. And so movement, time in nature, uh, doing things that allow you to feel nourished. This is one of the things I speak about when I deliver all these talks, uh, is, is one of the buckets that we need to make sure that we're filling on a regular basis is our self-care 
and nourishment bucket, especially when you're going through that change. And again, a lot of times we're in the change. It's when we're like, okay, I just need to focus everything on work. I need to focus everything on my family. I need to focus everything on just keeping my home doing what it needs to do. And then the self-care and nourishment gets pushed. And we're like, oh, I'll just deal with that later. I don't have time. It's like a luxury to take care of myself or it's a luxury to have pleasure. But it's when we put that as the priority that the other buckets tend to just get handled and handled more effectively and efficiently. So I want everyone to just honor that really. And so much of it is kind of rewriting the script in our head. I mean, I still catch myself going, Oh my gosh, I just, I don't have time for that. But you know, for instance, I don't know if you've watched the um, Netflix, it's like a mini series called the queen's gambit. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> oh my gosh. I kept seeing people talk about it. And I'm like, okay, I just, you know, I don't have time for that right now. I uh, kind of didn't have a show since Mad Men because I was just so focused on, you know, homeschooling and my business and my, you know, my health and blah, 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 blah. I'm like, ah, I don't have time for shows because Mad Men just broke my heart when it ended. I'm like, ah, what happens to these characters? Like, I don't, I never get to see them again. I just feel so, I feel so betrayed. I feel so, they just left. And so I'm like, that's it. I'm just, just not going to do that for a while. And I did it, but this year has been awesome because I, I, I discovered the show Cobra Kai, also an incredible watch on Netflix. If you were into uh, Karate Kid, oh my gosh. So I watched that and it was just so fun. I watched it with my, with my family. And then, um, I kept seeing people talk about the queen's gambit and I'm like, okay, whatever. Then I go, you know what? I'm going to do that. And honestly, it felt like this act of just, just taking back my life. You know, sometimes we can move into, we're so responsible. We've got so many things going on and these are just like frivolous little activities. And it was so interesting, Melissa, this morning, we were going to watch an episode last night, but my son needed help with his essay. And so that's what needed to happen. And I go, you know what? I'm going to watch in the morning. And then this morning rolled around and my son goes, do you want to watch? And I go, oh my God, it was like 830 in the morning. I go, yeah. I mean, there was some work stuff that I was going to do. And I go, yeah. We're going to watch The Queen's Gambit right now. My other two kids were still asleep. So my husband, my oldest son, who was the one who got us on the homeschooling path, and I, we sat on our couch downstairs and we watched The Queen's Gambit. And it was amazing. And so it was this whole thing of, you know, just shaking things up. Um, You are designing your life. You really are. And I know it doesn't feel like that sometimes when maybe you're working in a job that isn't right for you or you're in some kind of situation that isn't right for you and you feel like you don't have control, but you can take it back bit by bit by, you know, bringing in more pleasure, bringing in more self-care. It allows you to just feel better. And when we feel better, we do better things, we make better choices, and it just becomes this domino effect that occurs. So, you know, let 2020, this wild year, or whenever you're listening to this, because this, what we're experiencing now is going to impact everything in the future, allow this time to be a real powerful uh, phase for you. And know that big decisions are being made. We are, as a society, I believe, redesigning systems. You know, a lot of the systems that have broken, broke because they were broken. Like they already had a lot of holes and COVID just just exposed the holes and has given us an opportunity to say, how can we build this back better? How can we design something that is going to be better? And how can we look at other ways of doing things? Because there's more than one way. There's more than one way. Right. And, and 
at the same time, I, I've spoken to a lot of people who are like, yeah, but all the influencers I follow, all the, the people with podcasts, they had something big happen to them and I don't have anything like that. <laughs> it's like, well, here's your thing. This is big and it's happening to all of us. And that's how I tend to look at things. I mean, right now I've had kind of a difficult time with my pregnancy journey. Okay. And in the beginning, I it was a lot of just the first trimester, nausea, feeling terrible. Yep. But recently I've struggled with prenatal depression and I'm just not okay. used to not feeling out of control like that. Yeah. And um, so I've been using, I have my tools, I have my support system, but it's yeah. definitely been humbling. It's been hard and it's given me a new perspective. <laughs> but I have to say one of my first thoughts on, it was a really hard day. I had been crying for like four hours and mm -hmm. I finally found the sunlight in that day. And I was like, <sighs> I need to document some of this stuff because not enough people are talking about prenatal depression because I can barely find any support for it. There's a ton for post mm, <laughs> postpartum okay. depression. I'm like, let me document my journey so that maybe I can help people later. And it's those little things. Like we started this interview where I said, how do you find your calling? And you're like, I love going back and retracing my steps. And sometimes we have to consciously look back at our patterns to yes. find those things that might be the calling to connect that like you said the some of our strengths with what's needed right now and mm -hmm. so thank you for everything that you shared today yeah my pleasure and thank you for sharing your journey with pregnancy prenatal depression and you know our willingness to just be honest. I mean, that's really what it is. Be honest. If we cannot be honest with ourselves, and then if we have the privilege of being able to connect with a community and really serve an audience to be honest with our audience, you know, we don't have to do it immediately. Like there's some things we can keep for us. And then when we're ready, we can do it. And so, you know, you're going to help a lot of people, Melissa, by talking about this and, you know, destigmatizing if there is one around this conversation, because I mean, listen, pregnancy, bringing a child into the world, it's a big deal. <laughs> it's a big deal. And, you know, there's a lot of questions too, like COVID, what you're going to be dealing with in the hospital and everything else, or if maybe you're not, you may be delivering at home, like whatever your, you know, your situation is. But, you know, we're allowed to say we are very, um, you know, unique people and we have different things that go on inside of us at any given time. And the fact that you're just saying, this is where I am. And you know what? I was crying. And I think a lot of it, Melissa, because, you know, I went through three pregnancies myself and incredible journeys. Everyone was different. Like every, and I, I, I'm, it's the same mother, you know, like <laughs> I, I, I'm the consistent one here, but it, each soul was different. And I, you know, we were at a different time and, and everything, but what was interesting is that you kind of let go of pieces of yourself, you know, because in order to grow, you need to let certain things go. And so there might have been, you know, some things that you were letting go of to make space for this child. And I know for me, it was like that. I had to let go of certain habits, um, certain ways of working, certainly. So there's some grief that goes into that, too. The questions of like, well, how am I going to be able to do the work now? It's, it will look different. But I promise you, Melissa, you strike me as someone who's going to, you know, go out and, and, you know, talk to people and get ideas and then just figure it out as you go. It will be so powerful. You are going to amaze yourself at what you can get done in, quote, less time. <laughs> <laughs> For listeners who are resonating with you and want to learn more about you and what you do, where's the best place for them to connect with you online? Sure. Home base is my name, Jenny Fennig, 
www.jennyfeldman.com. So you can go find me there. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. Uh, you can check me out there. And if any of your listeners want support with what I call reclaiming your time, we have a free template that can be helpful here. It's it's available at reclaimtimenow.com. Reclaimtimenow.com. All of the links from this episode will be at mindlove.com slash x30. Your challenge for this week is to start identify where you've been resisting change. I know we all are probably resisting change in one area of our lives, but the goal is to figure out how you can release some of that resistance. What I found is really helpful to me is as much as I resist what I feel like other people are trying to create as the new normal for me, What has helped is when I've consciously begun to create my own new normal. When I start to write down what is happening in the world, what can I not change? Now, how can I react to this in a way that is still empowering to me? And as I start to write those things down, I start to realize I have more power to co-create my reality than I was giving myself credit for. So even when something crazy happens, like losing a loved one or losing your job or going through a divorce, you can write down how you plan to handle this in a way where you take a lesson from it in your life, where you integrate the life experience that was given to your soul in a way that moves you towards your highest self. When I do that practice, almost anything seems manageable because just by the nature of doing it, I've found a deeper meaning that means something positive for me. So try that this week. Let me know how it goes. Reach out to me on Instagram at mindlovemelissa and we can send some voice notes back and forth to each other. (laughs) To all of my premium members, I love you the most. Feel free to reach out to me at any time. And otherwise, I hope you're having an incredible year so far and As always, thanks for giving your mind a little love today and I'll see you next time.